And welcome to episode number 62 of the 60, Friday Night Nurse Podcast. 61. Is it 61? Shit. Yeah. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 61 of the Friday Nightmares Podcast. On this episode, we are continuing our horror from around the world, and we are going to be talking Swedish horror films. Uh, and as always, and, and with you, as always, is your host, Mr. Smoke Show Crawford, Coming to you from the town of Swartz Creek in the county of Genesee, in the state of Michigan, in the United States of America, in the North American continent, in the Western Hemisphere, on the planet Earth, in the Milky Way galaxy, fully faxed, boosted and waxed and ready to climax. And if you can, please get me wet, feed me after midnight, and I am known as the man that was also known as the man with the glorious beard, but not so glorious beard nowadays, and also aka Scott Housel. And with me, as always, is... Mm, just plain old Heather Powell coming to you today <laughs> from Watertown, Ontario, Canada. I don't have a cool intro like Scotty. If this is your first episode, um, please go back and listen to where we got to this point. Um, I don't even remember never, when. <laughs> we never used to be at this point. And then uh, somewhere along the line, a monster was created. And uh, Scott has the, uh, the longest intro known to me so um it's great though because everyone knows who scott is and he has a billion nicknames and he's scotty i just I'm call him scotty. scotty but uh here we are midsummer midsummer heat midsummer oh yeah that's what scott and i did when we got together by the way we just reenacted <laughs> that film um only parts of it just the burning bear part yeah i was gonna say she put me in a bear suit and caught me on fire <laughs> Yeah, I uh, have yeah, right. <laughs> Can you imagine? Um, <laughs> fuck that. While movie. while she was on shrooms. While I was on shrooms, yes, it was a really cool experience for me. <laughs> um, but here we are trying to get through some 2022 movies. Um, good news, everyone. Scott never watched Jurassic World Dominion, so his <laughs> his eyes have been saved, and his hours of his life have been saved. Though so he claims he eventually wants to see it. I know. Uh, someone please talk him out of it besides me because <laughs> it's hours of his life he's not going to get back again and I'm telling you Scotty though I did watch Jurassic Park 3 the other night and it's not as good as I remember not that it was ever good just so we're clear it was never good but the graphics weren't as good as I remember the CGI I don't know was it CGI I thought those I thought that was still practical effects I, it's been it's a long a time since well it. if you watch the movies that made us Jurassic Park the first one it was yeah. CGI and practical oh okay like it's actually on that do you have Netflix yes yeah it's actually a really good series it's movies that made us and it talks from the crew perspective oh nice it's a lot more interesting because of that to be honest with you because you always right. get the actor's perspective though and like I don't know the actors are great but they're not the ones that really made it happen they're the ones that showed up and 
and did the acting and stuff, but it's nice hearing what behind the scenes people do, right? And right. They make it all come together. Um, so I know even gaming, I'm worried that I'm going to tell people you're gaming there. I was going to think we're going to bring back controllers up cards down. Um, we are not bringing back controllers <laughs> up cards down. Scotty can barely commit to this fucking show. So <laughs> no I'm going to try to get him to commit to another one. But what is the game you are playing right now? Uh, it's an older game. Came out in a uh, Oregon Trail. Yes. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? No, it's Oregon Trail where I got dysentery. Nice, nice. <laughs> um, Bringing it back. But uh, the thing is, like, came out in 2015, but uh, it was free on Steam, and I've been watching a YouTube channel called Neeps Gaming, and they have over 300 videos on this game, and they, they're like, I've that's pretty much what I've been watching this entire week, just because just something dumb and fun, and uh, they're hilarious and kind of create a story while they're playing it. It's a survival game called uh, Ark Survival Evolved. And it's kind of like a, almost like a futuristic sci-fi type uh, game where this uh, world was created where dinosaurs are roaming the world, but there is also technology, like really high-tech technology in the world and everything like that. And you start off as someone that's got nothing. So Jurassic World. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) And I was going to say, but yeah, you start off with nothing. You wake up and you're just, you're in underwear and you got to like collect stuff to like build weapons, build clothes, find shelter. The world is like completely dangerous and you die a lot, but it's a lot of fun. And eventually you get to tranquilize and tame dinosaurs and then eventually you can ride them and like have them as your companions and stuff like that. It's fun and it's like a massive game where people can play on on the same world as you so you can like join a tribe or play with someone else and stuff like that it's i can see losing hundreds of hours into the game so would you say that it's a land of confusion (laughs) yes (laughs) do you play that song in the background while you're playing (laughs) yes and i tried to avoid the video because the video is nightmare fuel i remember (laughs) and you're like moving your mouse around trying to like (laughs) level <laughs> oh. oh man that'd be fucking amazing um i haven't played any video games as of late man no oh wait i went to do laser tag this week so this is cute so we took our friend's daughter to go to laser tag myself and my friend Anne. i was telling scotty the story so she's six and her dad plays lots of video games so there's like a whole bunch of other like preteens and like us right so i'm the i'm the adult and the adult so the kids are shooting us the most right you shoot the adult because yeah that's what you do but aurora is leading us through and i was telling scott she would be like hold up hold up let me let me check this room and she would go into the next room and look around like duck down with her gun and then go clear <laughs> every new room she would go into and i was like aurora where did you learn that from and she was like daddy's video games so just to help your parents know who play video games, your kids are watching and they can apply that knowledge in laser tag. And they even played some like kind of creepy music in this laser tag. Like I was expecting a real rinky dink piece of shit place because it was 450 Tuesdays. So it cost a dollar, sorry, 450 for one game, which was about 20 minutes long. Like it was a, a fairly long game. And usually it's nine. But it was actually really like well kept up. The vests were well kept up, like the the stuff was like the the room was really complicated, lots of ramps, lots of places to hide. It was it was actually fairly impressive. Um, nice. Yeah, and like I remember going to laser tag when I was like 13, 14. I still can't believe that shit's like happening. Like that's still right. the bomb diggity, right? Like it's, when that shit came out, it was like super new. And I was like, oh my God, laser tag is the best. It was like 
for all the babies like me who don't like paintball, you go fucking laser tag. I, I was just gonna say laser tag is the uh painless version of paintball. <laughs> it really is because I'm scared to go to paintball. My friends were doing that at one time and I was I it hurts. People get bruised and shit. Oh yeah. I got shot by paintballs by my brother just for fun. There's only one kind of balls that I want to get shot by, you know what I'm saying? Anyway, we're we're purposely leaving out Scott and I's visit for the intro because we're going to talk about it later on in our what's new. So why don't we get right into our 2022s? And did you watch anything on this list, Scott? Did you watch one on this list, Scott? I did. I watched one. All right, great. So everyone, you're going to get to listen to me talk about 2022 movies for the next 20 minutes. So I promise the uh, next episode, I will be buckling down on 2022s. (laughs) Promises, promises, Scotty. I have heard these lies before, but you know what? It's okay. Hey, I am at 61 now out of, tw- of 2022, so not bad. Hold on. Let me check what I'm at. Yeah, I'm sure you're 84. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> but even that's way less than what I was at last year. I'm nowhere I'm going to break what we did last year. There's there's no way in. No. Heck. No way in heck. No way in heck. What the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> no. All of a sudden, we're a PG show. Um, so the movie I'm going to talk about today is actually a Canadian film, and it's called Slash Back, and it's an Indigenous film. Um, it says in a remote Arctic community, it's not Arctic, it's Edmonton. Actually, no, it's Manitoba, which is a province in Canada, but that's fine. Hometown of Kenny Omega. And they're not Inuit, they're Métis. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> I suspect this was written by an American. Um, and <laughs> Métis girls fight off alien invasion, all while trying to make it to the coolest party in town. That's a really poor synopsis for this fucking film. Who wrote this on Letterbox? Anyway, don't listen to that synopsis. It's a 87-minute runtime. Um, it has a 3.0 rating on a three-star rating on, on Letterbox. It's actually quite good. Um, one of the reviews here, a lot better than expected. I couldn't agree more. If you like the thing and you would not mind a little bit of a indigenous twist to it, you're gonna like this movie. Really? Uh, there was another movie that came out that was a Canadian film that that you had seen and we recommended to each other back and forth. It was like the thing, only there was less special effects. It was a group yeah. of people. It was, you uh, what it was called Black Mountainside. Yeah, Black Mountainside, because uh, Taminator from uh, the horror cast recommended it. Black Mountainside. So this is very similar to that. So if you like the thing in Black Mountainside, this is going to be right up your fucking alley. Nice. Um, the young ladies and the young gentlemen uh, that are in this are incredible. Um, it is very much a Canadian film. It is very much stated that it's in Manitoba. Um, and it is very much stated these are Métis um, from the Métis community. And they do talk a lot about Indigenous culture, but there's also a creature feature piece. The special effects are quite good. Um, there's some stressful parts of this movie. You really don't know how things are going to um, end up. And I, I strongly recommend it. I think it's a great creature feature. I think it's 87 minute runtime is um, perfect. It does have a deeper meaning to it. It is kind of talking about colonization. Like they do talk about it. They talk about having their land taken, which happened, everybody. That's right. what happened. So, but it's, not that's not the main focus of it the main focus is the metaphor of the alien landing and um these kids basically having to fight off this alien that can take different shapes and really really fucked up forms like it's it's real fucked up so 
great film. I recommend renting it. Um, may even be in my top 15, 20 at the end of the year. Might win an award. Nice. Um, we'll see. Like it was, it was a really good film. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, it's available on iTunes, Google Play, Amazon Video, Cineplex, YouTube. It's a must watch this year, in my opinion, if you like creature features. If you liked Black Side, Black Side Mountain, or yeah. Black Mountain yeah, Black Mountainside, or, you know, obviously I'm not going to be like, it's just as good as the thing, but it has the same concept as the thing, um, same concept as any kind of creature feature in a remote control, remote community, you're going to enjoy this, um, and I think there's some, it's a really good way that it showcases the Indigenous community in a positive light, and it kind of reflects on some issues without, you know, for all those people that are hypersensitive about it, pushing it down their throat, but also kind of having it there, um i really really enjoyed it scotty check it out when you get a chance to it and you can watch it at work it's in english like they do speak um i, I can't remember the language that metis speak but they do speak in their native tongue here or there but it's not enough that you know you wouldn't be able to follow along with what's going on well hell i watched a couple of our swedish films at work this week so oh yeah like this is just you know some of the elders obviously speak in you know the native language right yeah. but like it's it's not enough that you wouldn't be able to catch it and see what's happening so slash back i suggested nice. i look forward to seeing hearing scotty's thoughts on it yeah i will be definitely watching this will, this will probably be the first one i watched uh this coming week yeah it's worth it i think you'll really like it it's a really good film um the next one is to me one of the better or best Tubi films that have come out so far. Nice. Now, yet again, I'm comparing it against other Tubi films. Right? True, but I mean, so, most Tubi films, I will say, have, like, haven't been horrible. So No, no, but this so far has been my favorite. It's called Toe. Um, it's basically about a slasher of a killer tow truck driver. It's an 86-minute runtime with a twist! With twist! Um, two twin sisters must confront their past when when they when their attempt when their attempted killer re-enters their lives so these two twin twin sisters survive um a serial killer rampage they find that out within the first two minutes of the movie and the serial killer is supposed to be pet, put to death but strange events occur and there's a twist um entertaining film it's a free watch on tubi i think that if you're like us and you're a tubi completist right now that's trying to watch all the different tubi watches to see which film is the best it's definitely worth your time if you enjoy the little bit of a psychological slasher and again it's a free watch on tubi i think out of all the tubi movies that have come out it's the most entertaining and i've enjoyed it so yeah if that nice. sounds like it's be up your alley give it a show um, or give it a show give it a watch it. it's a no! 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 it's 86 minutes in length so it's not like it's going to overstay its welcome 86 inches in length all right oh man then that would that'd be like dave c isn't that what dave c is <laughs> hey junior Okay. Um, so Black Phone. So The Black Phone. So this is a theatrical release right now. It's a 103-minute runtime. Uh, Finley Shaw, a shy but clever 13-year-old boy, is abducted by a sadistic killer and trapped in a soundproof basement where screaming is of little use. When a disconnected phone on the wall begins to ring, Finley discovers that he can hear the voices of the killer previous victim. So I won't read the rest because the rest is like pretty big spoilers. <laughs> anyway, uh, good film. I, I know that this got moved around a lot. When I went to the theater to see it with George, he said to me, he's like, fuck, I feel like this movie was supposed to come out like three years ago. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I think it was supposed to come out at least two years ago. And he even was like, have we seen this? Because we've seen the trailer so many times. Right. Right. It just felt like we had actually watched it. Um, I know Brandon Orlick from the Exploding Heads podcast uh, thought it looked really dumb because of some of the scenes in it. Honestly, I thought it was a pretty good film. Um, 
I I thought the acting was good. I I really enjoyed the fact that the son from Sinister and Ethan Hawke were in this movie together. That's I cool. thought that was cool that they were reunited again and that they had got a chance to work together. Ethan Hawke's very creepy. Um, he's a decent enough actor, I think. Like he's not the best actor in the entire planet, but I think for this film, he played the role well. The kid is very affable. Um, you are definitely rooting for the kid and you want him to make it. So I think that's something. And yeah, I think it's worth the theater watch. I really enjoyed going to the theater to watch this one. I think out of all the theater watches I've seen, The Curse and this one have been the least, like have been the most appreciative. Like I enjoyed them the most. Um, Scream 5 was forgettable to me. What about X? X was not as good for me as this was. Okay. I, I think X is a great movie. Don't get me wrong. Because that's I gonna just, give it to you. Yeah, because but I just enjoyed this one more. Okay. But that doesn't mean that X isn't good. You know what I mean? Like sometimes yeah. you just have a preference to what you like. But this is definitely worth going to the theater and checking out. Um, you know, that's the only way you can watch it right now. So go watch it. It's good. It's yeah, solid. this is this is definitely one that I would love to see because I've heard a lot of good things about it. I haven't heard people raving about it like it would be in anybody's top tens, but everyone seems to really enjoy it. And I've heard, yeah, the performances are really good. And just the fact that the screenplay was written by Joe Hill, Stephen King's son. I'm like, yeah, I'm all in because I love Joe Hill stuff. Like he does a great job with like writing. So I can only imagine how the story is. Oh, the writing's really good. The character development's really good. The act, like it's every, and it's a perfect length. Like it doesn't overstay its welcome. The length of the film makes sense. I think it's in Lacey Lou's from uh, Cut to the Chase podcast. I think it's in her top 10. Nice. She really enjoyed it. But I think everyone who's walked out of it has at least said it's good. Like it's good. It's worth right. the admission at the theaters. I think it's worth watching. It's a really enjoyable horror film. So I totally recommend it to people. Now, the next one is one that I know you've seen, right? Yep. This is the one on the list. All right. So I'll let you do the intro for this one. All right. So this one is uh, Revealer, which is a Shutter exclusive. And it's basically a story about a an exotic dancer who uh, makes as a, I'm trying to remember the, what are those, I think it's like a peep show room or whatever. Yeah, basically a peep show. It's in the 1980s. Yeah, like, yeah, based in the 80s. And it's like in a peep show room where she, her and a religious nutcase that is like, so like, basically one of the protesting type little stand outside of a strip club saying you're going to hell for being a stripper blah 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 Mm -hmm, blah blah mm -hmm. her and that person both get stuck in this room during basically the end of the world or the end times and as it would be called in like religious texts and it has like a definitely it definitely does the whole like uh gel lighting of like the 80s like so purples and reds and has Mm -hmm. like the synth score which by the way they fucking use gunships dark all day song for while she's dancing and love it that was amazing amazing to see it and hear it um i found this to be quite fun and entertaining like i wouldn't say it's like amazing but because some of the dialogue and acting was kind of a eh, little bit Eh, hit or miss yeah yeah but it was still fun. It was definitely an isolated horror film where you don't really know what exactly is going on outside. Just you know that a lot of bad shit has happened. And like you kind of get a reveal of things like basically Osmodeus, uh, one of the demons of the apocalypse is there and like basically just killing off everything and causing the world to end. And like I do love the one thing I do love is the interaction between the dancer and the religious person. 
and how like they will fight and argue but then they will like talk and like you start seeing like a bond kind of form between them for being stuck with each other for so long yeah their relationship is really good i think that is the best part of this film i also liked how the dancer was like a normal body shape uh that was nice to finally see in a film um and i thought that their dialogue back and forth and they carried the film quite well you know it's a low budget film so no adjust your expectations going into this but they use the set well they yeah, really they did use their sets well and they did make it creepy enough um yeah i really enjoyed it i thought it was a really really good good film yeah i know tim davis from the horror for dummies really loved it uh he because he compared it to uh we need to do something which i can see the comparison uh, he he just liked this one more, which I'm I definitely love. We need to do something more, but I can see why he compared the two. I can see why they're in the same boat too, right? Like I yeah. can see, you know, someone who is an amateur filmmaker or you're making a film on a lower budget and you want to see something again, low budget done right. This is low budget done right. Again, we say this over and over again is that there are certain films that know what they're working with and they save their money for the effects that make sense. And, you know, if you can limit your set use, limit your amount of actors and just rely on their relationship building with each other. This was great. Like this was basically like watching a stage play, to be quite honest. Yeah, really um, was. You know, and I, I thought they did a really good job of it. I think it's worth it for Shutter. I'm glad Shutter picked it up. It's an 86 minute runtime. It doesn't overstay its welcome. Um, do I think it's going to be in people's top 10? I don't know. It depends on the person. I enjoyed yeah, it. I, was I, I would say, definitely like, say, got Shutter, check it out. Yeah, I was going to say, because I, I could see it being on like certain people we know's possible top 10 yeah. or at least in their top 20. Like it, I get. I think I gave it like a seven point five. Like it was really good, but like it wasn't like that great to be in my top ten. Like it might be in the top ten just because you know this year hasn't been the best. But yeah, we'll see what happens. We still got you know what we got some. Don't worry, darlings coming out, and that shit looks lit. I saw a preview for that, and it looks fucking awesome. Um, so and yeah, we have Nope coming out soon too. And Nope, I'm not sure about Nope. I'll watch it because I love Jordan Peele, but um, the trailers I, haven't really blown me away no but we'll see right that doesn't mean anything you know right. maybe it's a really good enjoyable movie or not but yeah check it out if you got the shuddy also it's on amc and amc plus and amc plus animal channel it's definitely uh worth your time so another shutter release that just came out this week <laughs> on the third day <laughs> so <laughs> this is an argentinian film it's a 85 minute runtime though it's only dubbed in english um hell is coming cecilia and her son embarked on a journey on the third day she's found wandering alone not remembering what happened during this time she is depressed and looking for her son so i'm not going to read any more because it's big spoilers actually this is very much a religion cellist film and makes you question what is real and not real it was not my thing now Mm. it reminded me very much of a giallo at port at parts of how it was filmed um i felt like i was watching a giallo at times and which uh good or is that a good or a bad thing well i don't love giallos so okay yeah that's right um but that doesn't mean yet again as we all know on the show i can step back from a film and go even if it wasn't for me is it a is it a well-made film right this is a well-made film 
Um, it's obviously high quality writing, high quality money, how, you know, it's, it's interesting enough. It just wasn't for me. Um, maybe someone else would like watch this and really, really enjoy it. Um, but it was not my thing. I would say if you like religious horror and that's definitely your thing, then you might like this a little bit more. Um, I found the story rather confusing. I didn't really quite get what's going on most of the time. I, I found that like, it, it was trying to do too much, but that was just my perspective. Someone else might have a different perspective on it. It is available on Amazon, iTunes, um, Google Play, AMC plus Amazon, and then Amazon, um, the Shutter Amazon Shutter Amazon channel. But also, I watched it on Shutter, regular Shutter. So it is available on Shutter as well. Not on Kid Shutter though. Not a kid's shutter. No. And even though there's a kid in on it, you would think maybe Black Phone will be when it comes out. That will go on kid's shutter for sure. Good Stranger Danger movie. Right? Now, finally, the last film. Um, so we can go to, oh man, I'm still talking for the next little bit. Fuck. Okay. Uh, I'll be joining you on the next one because I, yeah. You know, oh, you'll talk about older films? Well, I'll, about the one you watched. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, we'll talk about Final <laughs> <Donald> Sutherland. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Uh, I think I know who I would have gone back to in the 70s. Mm. All right, The Summon. Uh, so this is a 2022 release. It's an 86-minute runtime. Two high-profile couples are forced to examine the cost of their success when they're invited to an exclusive self-help retreat where their ancestors, blah, 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 where their ancestors have gone upon generations. And I'll leave it at that. Um, wow, this film... I uh, I went into it expecting one thing and got another thing. I really fucking enjoyed this film. Really? Uh, this was right up my alley. This was a Heather film. So this film starts off with you just think it's a bunch of people going to a self-help help retreat. And it ends up becoming something a little bit more deeper, religious, and complicated. I thought it was extremely well done. And I really, really enjoyed it. Um, that being said, this may not be for everybody. I have a feeling Brandon will like it. I think you will like it. Um, but I don't know who else to predict will like it. I think Tim Davis will be neutral on it. I don't know how Dave C will feel. I think he'll also be neutral on it. Like, um, and Sander Kane, because I'm trying to think of the people that we, we talk to the most about films, um, will enjoy it. And I don't know about Lance. Lance is a wild card on that. <laughs> he totally is a wild card. I don't know how he'll think. But <laughs> I, I know you and Brandon will enjoy it. It's just a really good, low but like it's lower budget, but not super low budget, well acted, well written film. I, I really do recommend for anyone who likes kind of cultish or religious, sort of like, um, <clears throat> Yeah, like Mindfuck Horror, this is definitely one for you. Nice. Uh, it is available on Voodoo, Google Play, Microsoft Store, Redbox, and Amazon Video. And honestly, it's worth any money that you pay for it. I, If that sounds like your thing, if that sounds like your thing, always again, if that sounds like your thing. So this time around, the films that we watched, I actually liked all of them enough. Like on the third day just wasn't for me, but it's a quality film. Yeah, so, me too. I liked all the ones I watched. You watched one. <laughs> you watched one. That was a so, lot of work, Heather. You know, Scott, I'm really I, glad that you continue to watch. Yeah, I bet you Lance isn't even going to ask you anymore about 2022 releases. <laughs> I've literally watched 20-something more movies than you have. I'm sorry that I carry the weight of the movie watched on my shoulders. <laughs> yeah. You know, not all like maybe if your fucking intro wasn't so long, you would have more time to watch a movie. I mean, there. but the intro is the most important. That's what people come here for. 
is I'm the probably, intro. You're probably not wrong, Scott. They probably <laughs> is what people come here for. You're right. So what they do to- is they listen to the intro and they listen to both of our intros and go, all right, that's all we needed. And then they stop. So just to reach <laughs> I'm just going to go over the 2022s and where you can find them. Slashback is available on iTunes, Google, Amazon, Cineplex, and YouTube. Toe is a free watch on Tubi. Black Phone is available only in theaters. The Revealer is available on AMC and Shudder. On the Third Day is available on Amazon, iTunes, and Shudder. And The Summons is available for rent on Google, Vudu, Microsoft Store, Amazon, and Redbox. So if you're interested in any of those, that's where you can find them. Now for our older films. Oh my God. I watched um, the (laughs) 1978- Invasion of the Body Snatchers and like Oh, man, I could go back in time and have Donald Sutherland body snatch me in 1978 and I'd be just fucking fine. Like, honestly, what a good film, though. All like my creepiness on double Donald Sutherland aside. And Jeff Goldblum's in this one. Yes, I he know is. That. He's great. He's so fucking awkward and weird. Like, he's such a, he's so great. Like, he always plays, like, the weirdest characters. Well, I'll say, especially back then, he'd play always just kind of awkward way he talked and everything. And yeah. now, like, he's, like, I think he embraces the ideology of I am Jeff Goldblum and everybody loves me and he just embraces it. I love it. Yeah, like he's really, he's great in this film. I, oh man, like I really fucking dug it. Like the whole buildup around what's going on, the fact that it's like the health department people that are figuring out that something's not right and the slowly but surely disintegration of the human race um being snatched up and of course the end when she realizes she's alone like she's lost her best friend basically donald sutherland and that iconic Um, scene of right (laughs) oh man so good like so fucking good what a good fucking film this is probably this isn't like the top five best remakes ever like oh yeah fucking love this movie and like and that's not taken away from the original from the 50s that one was fucking excellent too like but yeah, this one was just absolutely incredible. Like I yeah. love the acting in it is freaking amazing. And like, you just don't know who is who, like who is one of the snatchers at first, like one of the body snatched at first. Like it, it's a very good mystery of like, and it's great sci-fi horror. Great sci-fi horror. No, I really thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I besides Donald Sutherland, who I thoroughly enjoyed as well, but I um, just think he's so handsome. I don't know. He's just such a good looking man during that time. And he's super tall. I don't know. I mean, hell, even in his right. old age, he still looks damn good. He is. He's a, he's a good looking man. And his voice is very iconic, right? Yeah. So um, great film. Glad I finally got a while into watching it. I think I'll watch the 1950s version. Have you watched the 90s or the 2000s version? Yes. Uh, I've Well, not the 2000s version, but I've watched now the 50s, this one, and the 90s version. The 90s version was directed by Abel Ferreira and uh, stars Jennifer Tilly's lesser known sister, Megan Tilly. How is um, she? She's good at it. Um, it's it's definitely more uh, uh, it's a little more cheesy, like, but mm. at the same time, like, it's still like very creepy. A uh, little more nudity, like, than even in like this one, because I know there's just a little bit of nudity in this one. Yeah. But uh, yeah. That the funny thing is, the '90s version is the first version of this story that I'd seen. Like, oh really? My, yeah, my stepdad had brought home the uh, VHS of it, and I back then, you know, he just brought VHS home of horror. I threw it in just to watch it, and I I really enjoyed it. You know, and I actually it's kind of funny. 
the very first episode of that I joined the Horror Drunks podcast. When I, at first I was a guest and then just kind of joined. But the very first episode I ever did with them was on horror remakes. And we did Cat People, Toolbox Murders, and then that 90s version of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Oh, nice. So yeah, that was the last time I had watched it. But I also kind of had this fond memory because I'm like, hey, that's when I started podcasting for the very first time. Oh, when you were like a virgin. Yeah. And like back when I would go through detail, like step by step detail of what it went out of the movie and it took forever to go through it. Cause I like basically just read you the whole entire movie. Oh my God. Thank God you don't fucking do that anymore. No. That's why I don't take head. notes. Cause I don't know yeah. how to take notes. I just, take, I just write the whole movie down. Here's the thing. We don't need to take notes, Scott. We yeah. don't like, yeah, we like this thing that that was good. Exactly. That's how we talk. We don't, oh, we don't make but, this shit complicated. But yeah, I definitely think you would. Uh, I think you would like the '90s version. I just don't think you would like it nearly as much as the '50s or this one. Yeah, I, that's fair. You know, I anyway. I'm glad I finally got around to watching it. I threw it on Friday afternoon. Um, after I managed to get through the stuff I had to do for Slumber Party Massacre, including the four fucking prom night franchise films, which <laughs> three and four, just a fucking chore to watch. My but, condolences. Oh my God. Thank God that I don't have to do that again anytime soon. Um, but anyway, I, I really enjoyed this. I thought it was a really great movie. So I'm glad I got to finally check it out. And it's nice to add to my 70 films uh, roster as well, of course. Yeah. Right. Now, what's new? We are going to talk about, so I went to Michigan about a week and a half ago now. I, I crossed over the border to USA, 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 and I uh, went and stayed with Scotty for a couple of days, and we went to AEW, so the night before we went, we had a nice little bonfire. I got reconnected with uh, Scott's roommate, Tim, and his girlfriend, Veronica. I got to meet her for the first time, and one of Scott's friends came over, and we had a nice little bonfire, and I had pizza. Yeah, it's a pizza from my favorite pizza place. It's near Scott's place. And, you know, we went back to the grocery store that Scott had took me to so many moons ago where like alcohol's everywhere and people <laughs> are cheap. God bless America. God bless the United States. Um, but then, you know, let's get to the, the fun thing. We went to AEW, but we almost had a final destination moment. Oh my God. On the highway. So Scott, why don't you tell everyone how you're a hero? All right. So yeah, uh, just to let everybody know this, while AEW took place at the Little Caesars Arena out in Detroit. So I, knew, so I knew traffic was going to be insane. So we left early, uh, especially because if, if we get out there at five o'clock traffic, it's going to be bumper to bumper and it's going to be a pain in the ass. So I figured, you know, let's leave around 3.30, get out there exactly at 5. We can go find some place to eat. Well, while we're driving out there, thank God for Heather, who kind of noticed us because, yeah, this is, I think, I think we were near seven mile exit. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> um, you know, just driving the expressway speed. So like 70 miles an hour, had a semi truck on the side of me. And then there was a car in front of me that Heather thankfully noticed had slammed on its brakes because it had no taillights or brake lights that I noticed. Oh man, it was not safe for the road. Yeah, and we were we were about to slam into the rear end of that car like because I, I had no idea. Like So my instincts just said, fuck, I can't hit the brakes fast enough. I'm either going to swerve or I'm either going to hit him or I got to swerve and hope to God I don't hit the semi-truck. Thankfully, the semi-truck must have seen what was going on because he slowed down enough to where... When I cut that wheel, like I have never had this fast of a reaction before. And then I, when I cut that wheel, we somehow avoided that car and somehow got in front of the truck without any issues. But holy shit, my heart was a fucking racing. Yeah, it was, it was stressful, but Scott handled it like a boss. Yeah, that was, that was an intense moment. But then yeah, thankfully we got to the event, uh, 
safe and sound found ourselves a really close parking garage like like right next to the event which was awesome yeah and i learned so going to okay so <laughs> i've never been to an american arena before so in canada we have arenas uh the big one that's near me is the air canada center and you know when you go they search your purse and stuff for like alcohol maybe they're looking for a knife or something maybe but it's usually outside food or drink they're worried about you bringing in. I couldn't even bring a fucking purse into Little Caesars Arena. Nope. They made me put it back in the car. The only thing I was allowed to bring in was my cell phone. I had to remove all of my fucking jewelry, all of it. And I had rings and a necklace and a bunch of other shit on to go through metal detectors. Welcome to, to America. And I have never experienced that in my life. Scott was not allowed to go back outside and have a cigarette. Um, so yeah, which I thought that was dumb. From seven till midnight, unable to go out and have a cigarette. Um, which, you know, not the end of the world, but still, I thought it was kind of dumb. And turns out that they don't accept cash, just card. <sighs> yeah, that... So we had like, needless huh. to say, there was a lot of like just kind of bumps along the road when yeah. we were there. Like, because yeah, the first, besides the car incident, the first true incident I realized like this was going to be one of those days was when we got to the parking garage, it was $20 to park. <laughs> yeah. And I got cars behind me and I'm going to you, and it's only accepting cards. So I'm going to use my card. It's getting declined. Even though I have like $300 cash in my account sitting there. And it kept declining my card, kept declining my card. And thankfully, Heather had her card and she was able to pay for it. And we got in there. But then going inside, I'm like, yeah, I got cash on me. Like, I'm going to use that to buy a shirt, buy some booze, buy some food or whatever we need. Well, actually, first, before we even went inside the event, we did go to an amazing Vietnamese restaurant called yeah, Pho, food uh, yum, Pho yum. Lucky. Mm. And got to, yeah, I got to try Pho for the first time. And I loved it, minus the mint leaves. Next time I will ask yeah. for no mint leaves. I was not a fan of the hint of mint in it. But everything else was amazing. And uh, but yeah, then when we were in the event, as Heather said, they only accepted card there, so they would not take my cash for anything. And I'm like, fuck, my card was declined at the parking garage. Let's see if it works here. Nope, it was being declined there too. I'm like, motherfucker. So thankfully, they had this cash into card kiosk, and I was able to like put money into it, and they gave me like a little card I could use, and was able to buy a cool blood and guts shirt and uh, buy like some food and drink or whatever. And, but yeah, that was the, the mess for me. There was also a little bit of a disaster for you. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so I'm going to buy a drink and they're like, can we see your ID? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, of course. Lady scans my ID. She's like, I can't accept this. This expired. I'm like, what? So I look at my license and I guess with COVID and everything else that's been going on, I didn't realize that my license had expired in April. And I was like, oh, well, I'm, I'm 39. She's like, I can't sell you this, ma'am. I'm like, okay, you think I got a fake ID and it's expired and I'm faking that I'm 39 years old. Okay, that's fine, I guess. So I guess this is like, I had got, picked up the drink myself. I'm like, well, I'll put this back. She's like, I will put it back for you. I'm like, okay, you don't need to make a scene. Like, this is like, what do you think I'm going to do? Run out with a $14 cider? around Little Caesars Arena. So Scotty was nice enough to like buy a drink for me. Like we were all of a sudden like fucking children again. I know, and we then couldn't, I, uh, we couldn't even buy, I couldn't even buy the drink there because the lady was watching you and me once you came up to me and she like, and we're like, yeah, she's going to give me a hard time thinking I'm buying it for you now. <laughs> so oh, we had to like, go to a different bar, different booth. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Like, yeah. honestly, like this woman was just being <laughs> like, 
and it's funny when I told the story too they're like but it was just expired like by two months yeah she really thought that you weren't of age I'm like I don't know I don't know what her problem was I think it's uh because because of the scanning part I think that may be the issue is that it has to be scanned and approved through the computer maybe I think that's the only reason I'm not sure but like it's still stupid but they wouldn't be able to scan it because it's an Ontario ID true true right yeah so like i anyway it didn't matter it was fine it all worked out but i was more like fuck my i my license is expired i just drove to fucking the united states so right. that was more of my concern so i renewed it while we watched aw but the matches were once we got to our seats and we got suited down so the guy in front of us must have ate like 18 meals like oh my god he had so much food <laughs> and he's just like the skinny dude dude he's just yeah, devouring so yeah, much food like nachos chicken figures like it was all night he was just eating um but yeah it was fun we had really great seats and we got to see obviously dynamite for all the wrestling fans we watched blood and guts we got to see the epic cage match incredible crazy because we were also bird's eye view so we could see when they were right on top of the cage which was sick and then we got to watch rampage yeah. Um, so that was really, really fun too. We were actually there at the at we were in Detroit from about what 4 30 till just after midnight, Scotty, like 12 30. Yeah, I'll say I think we got to my car by about 12 15. Yeah, like it was a really solid, fun day. We had a really, really, really great time. And wrestling was a blast. Scott took so many pictures. He just had yeah, such I a would, good time. Yeah, because it was my first true wrestling live event. And it was I was like a fucking giddy little kid. I I literally had I'm glad we did not record a podcast that next that weekend because I had no voice like it was like very oh, yeah. scratchy it was, it was like i it was almost sounded like i was going through puberty like i could barely even talk and but that's because yeah. yeah i was screaming and singing along to all the entrance music and like uh but yeah, i got to see a lot of our favorites like uh at least for me a lot of my favorites like uh orange cassidy fucking uh oh yeah dan Housen, which got a huge fucking pop because he's oh, from detroit so boy. Yeah. Boy. and yeah then of course we got to see the blood and guts match which was just so if you have not seen it it is so freaking violent and just amazing great like, incredible incredible it was so much fun and, and tore adjacent enough that they're in a steel cage beating the fuck out of each other for like yeah an hour i well obviously not really beating each other but doing stunts in this cage for an hour it was pretty intense um it must be nice to be real fans like you and i not like tim davis who doesn't <sighs> go to aw events but oh. yeah has a wrestling podcast rub that <laughs> salt in his wound because he's you so know, mad that aw has not come there yet <laughs> you know when aw hasn't come to canada either so it's only because i drove down to detroit to go see it um right. But honestly, uh, thoughts out to Tim, man. He's dealing with some flooding. Tim, we're thinking of you. That fucking sucks. And I hope things improve. Yeah. Um, and listen to Horror for Dummies. Tim's a really good dude. So is Daniel. And uh, they're good guys, boys. good guys to support. Uh, as much as I tease Tim, he's uh, he's a very nice person. So thinking yeah, of you, Tim. Hope things improve. Yeah. Like, yeah, this was, I'm glad you made it down here for this. Cause like I said, that was like my birthday gift to you was getting that ticket. Yeah. And, glad it all worked out and it was a freak just so much fun having you here because you know it's been so long so i'm glad that you were able to make it and like it was just such a great time like and that wrestling event couldn't have asked for a better company for it like it was just incredible and being like how huge AEW nerds we are it was just fun for us to get all excited for all the wrestlers that were coming out and yeah it was and for being a aew dynamite it almost almost felt like a pay-per-view 
I would agree. They really did it up for Detroit. And I think that's because they want to come back there. Yes. And uh, Tony Khan basically gave the audience many, many hand jobs and told Detroit <laughs> yes, how exactly. amazing they were a bunch of times. And probably my favorite line is when Christian Cage came out and said that the only thing that Detroit had going for it was that it was near Canada. Yes. And I, cheered. Uh, <laughs> I was probably one of the few Canadians in the audience and we were cheering for our hero, hometown hero, Christian Cage from Toronto, Ontario. Um, but yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. I, I had a really good time, Scotty. It's always nice to be back to visit you. Um, I We went to Hot Topic and we went to Lunchbox, which is a store that's like Hot Topic. Mm-hmm. And we just, you know, got to got to hang out. And it's funny because when Scott and I hang out, I think a lot of people assume we talk about the podcast or we talk about horror movies. We actually really don't. No. <laughs> Like, we have a lot of other things that we talk about. Like, I don't know, life, music. That's because we're best friends. We, the yeah. podcast is just something that we do. Yeah, like, I, like we don't I, we don't talk shop that much. We definitely don't waste our time. And, like, we watched an episode of the uh, of the Chucky series, which I was like, oh, fuck, this is filmed in Toronto when I saw the Go Train <laughs> go by in one of the scenes. Um, but, yeah, like, we don't really... Uh, in the winter maybe we'll watch him before maybe i think when you came up here for my birthday we did watch Shaun of the dead yep and i and, think uh, choose or die choose or die the first night um so we we have we have watched horror movies because the weather's shitty and we can't sit outside and we can't do like other things but generally speaking we don't really spend a lot of our time especially when we had something big like AEW that we were going to yeah um we're not gonna and and having the bonfire and getting caught up with everybody um that was a lot of fun like scott and i will pick that any day over fucking sitting around and talking about friday nightmares oh absolutely <laughs> <laughs> if you know if other people come up to visit us <clears throat> brandon um then yeah it would probably be the same thing i can't see us ever sitting around and just being like oh man podcasting <laughs> right no it's just because like you know i can see if it's just like uh we weren't actual close friends like we've yeah. we became friends through just podcasting or whatever then i could yeah. see us just talking about it but you know we were friends before we even started this yeah we were and like i don't know it's just like part of something that we do together and it's like yeah. how we hang out with each other more than exactly. anything else right it's not really work and i think that's why we've been able to maintain it when other stuff has been challenging to maintain um because it's it really is a social time but yeah it was really nice to get together do the aw stuff and you know hopefully scott will come up here in august hopefully we'll have some stuff going on with another friend that's coming up to stay in august and then we yeah, have scotty's birthday brandon. <laughs> yeah brandon brandon we'll see we'll see if he actually pulls through um he's talked about wanting to visit canada but we'll see yeah you know i'll i'll believe it when i see it i'll believe it when i see it so and then hopefully maybe for your birthday scotty we'll have to figure out in october what we're going to do um yeah and then possibly september for you coming here for yeah. possibly ice nine kills yeah like we've actually done a pretty good job we usually see each other i was thinking about this so since borders have officially reopened which they reopened last summer um we've seen each other in september december april june that's pretty good yeah you know that's pretty good for getting together we're, we're like driving to scotty was about a four-hour drive the american border was dead no one was there coming back was a little bit of a nightmare because a lot of americans were coming over for the long weekend because uh, it was canada day on the friday and independence day on the fourth so a lot of people had long weekends so the drive home took me six and a half hours, which was, and plus I had to pick up my dog in that time too, which was, which is a drive. And I don't know, how yeah. long has it actually taken you when you come to see me? Uh, roughly about four hours. About four hours. So it, it's a drive. It's not something that Scott and I do like every other weekend. It's definitely, right. 
every couple of months we we do it and in the warm weather it's easier you're not dealing with weather and stuff like that though yeah um when we have driven out to see each other the weather has been fine we haven't had to thankfully you know any issues so you know it'd be nice to get a couple more visits in before the weather changes because then you never know you know we may not get together all of winter because the roads are too shitty or whatever right hashtag living in the north huh (laughs) yeah no shit (laughs) (laughs) anyway um we will take a brief break to hear from one of our many legion podcast friends and after we're back we're going to talk about some swedish horror <laughs> so after these messages we'll be right back Cha-cha. this is a test of the emergency podcasting system listen to the psychosemantic podcast politics movies and political movies find us on facebook itunes stitcher legionpodcasts.com the psychosemantic podcast and welcome back as we continue our tour around the world the cheapest tour you can ever have around the world is right here on friday night (laughs) (laughs) with our international horror which let me tell you i do i don't talk about horror movie stuff a lot but now when i do i'll be like well you know, I've been watching a lot of international films, and um, <laughs> I totally like. Oh, Scott took off his headphones. You didn't hear me. Sorry, uh, repeat that. That's okay. That's okay. I said now that we've been doing a lot of international horror, I do a lot of like when I do talk about what we're watching, I'll be like, well, you know, I'm currently watching a lot of international films, <laughs> and uh, you know, I've been really exploring what there is out there. Like I'm some <laughs> kind of fucking big deal because I watched like these movies you are a big deal. <laughs> oh yeah huge <laughs> but at the same time that's kind of why like i loved this uh topic idea from don and ellie because uh he like that I, it's a way for us to like watch all these films that like are from other countries that we may not have seen before right it is it is pretty like it is pretty epic so anyway we're this time we're doing swedish horror so um these are films that were you know from sweden <laughs> No. So um, I'll get Scotty to start with the first one. All right. So our first film for the Swedish horror theme is called Wither, released August 9th, 2012. Ida and Albin travel to a a cabin in the Swedish woodlands for a holiday with friends, but something waits for them under the floorboards. So do you like Evil Dead? Because if so, you are basically watching the Swedish version of Evil Dead. Yeah. yeah i would say just not as good in my opinion i mean it's still good oh yeah it's it's a good film though yeah i was gonna say because like oh my god like i everything about this screams evil dead friends uh friends going to a cabin in the woods well a house in the woods um something underneath in the cellar that has uh will be taking possession of people and possessing all of the friends even to the point to where uh the ida and albin Albin has to kill his possessed girlfriend or girl or wife. Yeah. Ooh, not not Ash Campbell at all. In fact, so Ash Campbell, he goes out to a tool shed and I was waiting for him to chop off his hand, put on a chainsaw and say groovy. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely uh, a um, inspired film, but I'll be honest, I really liked it a yeah. lot. And I, pers- I don't think it's a better film, but I liked it more than Evil Dead. <sighs> And the reason why, because I like the Evil Dead remake more than the original Evil Dead as well. 
I just like the updated version of it. That's why. It's not like objectively Evil Dead is definitely like the original film for sure. Like this is a, I don't, I guess it's a ripoff. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was cool. I thought the creature that ended up being exposed and this was really cool. I thought when they got infected and the whole like blood coming out from everywhere and then how the eyes turn almost like this white vampire-ish and like that they bite you and then you turn and how everyone starts slowly turning and then you got that you know character that comes in that's like I was here earlier and my wife and my daughter were turned and I had to kill them like I I really enjoyed this movie for the runtime it was and the special effects that were in it it was it was gory and great I cared about the characters even that asshole that goes off with the girl that he's supposedly interested in but he banged that other chick and he kind of gets his canuffance at the end um yeah I I thought it was I thought it was a lot of fun it has a 2.6 rating on the letterbox and it's a free watch on Tubi and I would say to people like you enjoy splatter horror like it even says splatter horror at the beginning of it then you'll like this film it's a splatter horror film yeah, because it's very violent, has some really cool practical effects. Um, yeah. And yeah, like you said about the eye turning, I that is one thing I did love about how you could tell when these people get infected because you see their eyes roll up into their to their head. And then you see just like this white with like a light blue pupil. And yeah. it just, it looks creepy. And it, yeah, it's extremely violent. The only thing I, and it, like, it didn't take away from the film, but the only thing I really didn't like about it was uh, they, they had some type of filter on it, like the entire movie. Yeah. Yeah. that made it i guess try to make it look older i'm guessing yeah. but it just yeah. didn't work it just it just seemed off because of it but like you know that's that's just like a minor minor complaint but uh no like i did like like you said i liked all the characters like you felt for everybody i was actually very shocked who the first person got turned because she seemed like the sweetest one of them all and was yeah they shocked. killed off the night the nice one right away yeah um, and like yeah like i thought like it was uh it was definitely balls to the wall uh, splatter flick. Splatter flick. It was definitely like, like I said, it's it is Evil Dead, but it, for the sweet uh, Swedish version of it, and that there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not and, yeah, saying that's for a bad sure, thing. right? I, and I think that if you know that going into it, like if you're going to be super offended that this is like an Evil Dead theme, then don't watch this movie. But like, it's I feel like there's probably something about Swedish subculture and lore in terms of the creature and in terms of why the creature was there. I just don't think we caught on to it um yeah. and you know basically the one the the dad that was there previously with the family where the mother and daughter returned and then he goes back and he's trying to warn them and protect them and then he gets bit and he kills himself the there's one survivor at the end and basically he becomes a new protector you know he's basically watching over this house to make sure nobody goes to it though people seem to go up to it and get called down to the basement all the time and that's where they get possessed um yeah like it's you know this is a simple 80 95 minute runtime that is gory that is fun and honestly I I wish I kind of got whether there was more Swedish cultural folklore to this but it was just a gore gore fun fun time like it's on Tubi for free check it out it's uh it's fun yeah it's it's an easy watch and uh I do have to say though uh you know if I went into a cabin like this for like you know a weekend and like it looked the way it did because it didn't look like totally run down like the evil dead cabin did but it did definitely have like it did it did definitely look abandoned and uh but if i seen a cellar that had like the, the floorboard to a cellar i'm not gonna go down there unless that was where you had to go down there to turn the water on or anything like that because 
there's no point in going down to the cellar and why would you want to go down there in the first place it's just, that's just creepy yeah you know what it's it's a movie of poor decisions so like your typical like trope of like cabin in the woods man is a house and you don't even clearly get how they got to this house the dad of the one kid sometimes somehow found it for them and you got like the cliche characters but i don't know it's a fucking gore time yeah you want to see gonna... some special effects and some blood this is the movie for you yeah because i was gonna say because you could you could nitpick things from this but there's no point it's just just sit down just enjoy it because you know you could even nitpick the evil dead like it's you yeah. just gotta sit down and have fun it's just a gory just gory violent bloodbath that is entertaining like swedish evil dead only minus like certain evil dead isms like there's no book in it or anything like that it's a creature yeah um then fuck you're fine like honestly like it 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 is what it is there's not much to unpack here um maybe there was some swedish subtext text to it but i don't think scott and i caught on to it um there's only one film here that really lived that was following a folklore um that yeah. we'll probably have a little bit more to talk about with the four core um when we get to that film but yeah fun fucking blood fest it great movie watch it check it out yeah definitely recommend it's a lot of it is very entertaining so let's move um, to our next one this one was completely different <laughs> yeah this one definitely was uh a different style and very yes. interesting yes uh, but that film is called thelma which was released september 15th 2017 a college student starts to experience extreme seizures while studying at a university in Oslo, Norway. She soon learns that the violent episodes are a symptom of inexplicable and often dangerous supernatural abilities. Um, yeah, basically, this is a uh, very uh, interesting, in-depth character study of someone that is repressed because of religion and mm -hmm. uh, very zealous religious parents. Uh, who is questioning her sexual uh, orientation mm -hmm. and is kind of uh, kind of afraid of the feelings that she is feeling towards another woman. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, it's very interesting that that, like, because I, I didn't expect that. But yeah, because of that, like, it definitely shows, like, you know, uh, being raised by super religious parents that uh, force you, like, she to the point where she's thinking these are evil thoughts that she's having and stuff like that. And, like, she doesn't even drink because of, uh, or she's, ashamed to admit she drinks or had a drink because of her religion and being how she was brought up and how, like how yeah. upset her parents would be like very yeah. interesting and the twist that comes with it of why they did that at the end is very interesting this is yeah. a movie that you need it's an it's an almost a two hour long film and i'm gonna put it out there right now this is ex extremely well acted this actually was nominated for best foreign film for an academy award in 2017 holy shit really yeah Wow. Um, and it deserves it. Yeah, it absolutely does. Now, I will, if you watch Withered and you're on a high from a fast-paced gore fest, Thelma may not be the one that you should watch right afterwards. <laughs> no, because um, it's it, a very slow burn. It is a slow film. The first hour, you're learning about her and her relationship with this girl that she has feelings for, relationship with her and her parents, and seizures that she's having. And you're trying to kind of map how all of them are connected to each other. The second half of the film, you realize that she has, you kind of get the idea that she has psychic abilities in the first bit, but then you realize that her psycho, psycho, psychotic, yes, not psychotic. Psychosis. Psychosis abilities have led to the disappearance and death of her infant brother when she was a child. So I think that that part, when that comes in, 
because whenever she gets upset and somebody hurts her, she goes into a seizure and that person disappears. Yep. And then you learn that not only can she make people just like randomly disappear like that, but she can also pretty much, uh, if there is something that she truly like wants, she can make it happen. So she, so her dad tells her, so, so yeah, so we should probably, so the first hour is relationship building. She's at school. She's, you know, socially awkward. She befriends this girl. It develops into more than a friendship. Um, throughout this, she's having seizures. She's going to get checked out. Um, there's these awkward conversations. Her parents seem very overprotective. Her mom calls all the time. You find out later that when she was a little girl, she made once her infant brother disappear from the table and then appear underneath the couch. And then she made him disappear from the bathtub and reappear underneath the ice and he died. And at the beginning of the film, you see her dad taking her out hunting and he puts a gun to her head, Mm -hmm. but he doesn't fire. So you already know that something's happened to make the dad angry. So you see the infant son die. In the meantime, she's become upset with this girl that something happened at a party. You know, she's been pushed against her religious beliefs that, you know, homosexuality is wrong. She gets upset and this girl disappears. Her parents find out and they, you know, are like, it's happening all over again. We need to prevent her from doing this. She finds out that her grandmother had psychic powers and the same thing happened. So I really find that this film is not built so much on jump scares or anything like that. It's the horror that this person has these abilities and she's not able to control them. Yeah. And it's just the... It is more like a, I would call this a psychological, supernatural-ish horror. And I do believe that the implementation of the religious piece, which I do think was trying to talk about culture, was to keep her controlled. Because the father says a line that when Jesus found you, you stopped. Like you stopped making these things happen. And they don't want her to drink because they don't ever want her to lose control. They want her to be able to be in control of herself. Now, the ending, Scott, I wanted to talk to you about. So this is a spoiler. We all know we spoil movies in this section. So she goes back. Her parents realize that she made this girl disappear. Her parents are drug her, and she believes that she will have the same fate that her grandmother did. She's going to get locked in a home. She kills her dad. He goes out on a boat. She sets him on fire with her mind, and he dies. With her mother, because she's the one that's basically saying to the father before he goes out on the boat, you know what you're going to have to do here. Basically saying, like, we're going to have to kill her. That's what the impression I was. I got it. The father didn't want to kill her, but the mother was like, no, we're going to not have a choice soon. Did you get that, too? I kind of got that same feeling. Okay. So then there's a scene. Or they were going to commit her like they did her grandmother. It was one or the other, right? And then, so she's leaving and she touches her mom's face and then she removes. So her mom's confined to a wheelchair because when the baby died, her mom tried to kill herself. She wasn't successful. She jumped off a bridge. She's paralyzed. So Thelma removes her wheelchair and the mother's just standing there and Thelma leaves her. So I read on Wikipedia that Thelma gave her the ability to walk. Mm -hmm. I thought she was torturing her and was like, no, now I'm not going to leave you with your wheelchair and you're going to stay here and die. What should, like, I I, I don't know now. Yeah, I I took it as she gave her mother the ability to stand and walk again. But why kill her dad? Because I guess her dad burned her hand that time over the candle. Yeah, because her dad seemed to be her mother. She, I'm thinking she just didn't know like her mother was the reasoning behind why her dad did the things he did. 
And mm. I think she just sees her dad as basically being the aggressor in that situation. So that's why she got rid of him. Not realizing that her mom was basically being like, you need to do this. You need to do like being the one to say like, because like, I think, yeah, I think she just seen it as her father was the one that was always trying to harm her and punish her where the mother really didn't. The mother was more concerned to her face. Okay. And I guess the father does make that line of that girl never really loved you. You forced her to love you with your mind. Yes. And maybe that hurt her feel like it would hurt anybody's feelings. Um, yeah, good point, Scotty. I wanted to talk about that anyway, because this, I was really like, did she just leave her there to die? And then when I read Wikipedia and I'm like, oh, they're saying that she gave her the ability to walk. So I'm glad that you kind of pointed that out because I wasn't quite sure what the end of that. Anyway, and of course her friend comes back. Yep, she wills her friend back to life. Right. So it's a very, very interesting film. I wouldn't say it's a traditional horror film. No. Um, It's definitely more supernatural thriller, but it's a great watch. Just be prepared for a two hour detailed, like this is not a movie that you can walk away from, come back to, like you got to be focused on it. I watched it while I was on the treadmill over two days. Um, And like, I, you know, you really have to be focused because there's a lot of layers to this film. Oh, there absolutely is. Like, but it is definitely worth the watch if this sounds like your type of film. I wasn't sure about the Finnish piece of it. I think this more focused on religion and, you know. Oh, you mean the Swedish piece of it? Sorry. Yeah, Swedish piece of it. Sorry. Um, I, I think it just focused more like on religion and cultural expectations and stuff like that and more supernatural. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was good. Really, really enjoyable. And hey, it was a nominee for Best film, Foreign Film for an Academy Award. So it definitely, the acting was up there. Um, yeah, the acting in this was incredible. Really, really good. And the next one, I do think has more of a folklore to it. So I'll let Scotty bring that one in. All right. So the next one is also pretty close to a two hour runtime, but uh, we will get into that one. It is called Border, released August 31st, 2018. Customs officer Tina is known for her extraordinary sense of smell. It's almost as if she can sniff out the guilt on anyone hiding something. But when Vore, a suspicious looking man, walks past her, her abilities are challenged for the first time ever. Tina can sense Vore is hiding something she can't identify. Even worse, she feels a strange attraction to him. As Tina develops a special bond with Vore and discovers his true identity, she also realizes the truth about herself. Um... Now, this one, I definitely wouldn't say is a horror film. I would say this is more fantasy. Yeah. And fantasy and folklore. Is it on Shudder? Oh, that's right. Yeah, Yeah, it was on Shudder for you. It was on on Shudder, so. It was on Hulu for me. Um, Yeah, I found this one to be a very interesting film because it's, uh, yeah, because Tina is definitely not human. You can see that from the way she looks. Yeah, like right away when you see this individual, you're like, and and she has an extraordinary sense of smell. And right away, we see that she's able to sniff out someone that's bringing in child pornography on her phone. And she manages to get that kind of removed. And she lives with a guy who's kind of a dick. You find out that she can't have sex because she doesn't have a vagina or like a a proper, not a proper, but like an actual vagina in order to have sexual intercourse. Though she does have breasts. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I... The whole time I looked at her, I was like, so she must have been teased mercilessly when she was younger because she looks different. Like she just yeah. looks different. She has kind of like a almost like an animalistic face of yep. like a werewolf kind of thing. I would say it almost reminded me of like uh like caveman features. Yes, yes. 
Um, Same with Vore. Props to the makeup, because if you see what this woman actually looks like in real life, um, and the gentleman that also played the other, so they're trolls. She's a troll, and Vore is a troll. And you see what the two of them look like? Like, fuck to, like, the makeup artist did a really good job, because... (laughs) They don't look, they, they look not like that <laughs> right. at all, right? So it, it's really interesting because you kind of see her life go on. She meets Vore, was it Vore? Yeah, I think it was called, I think his name was Vore. Vore, and basically through her interactions with him, she realizes that she's a troll and that trolls have been existing within the Swedish culture, but they have been tortured by humans and used for testing. And she was saved by her human father who raised her. And there's like a group of trolls that live in Finland and she's living in in Sweden right now working as a customs officer. And she kind of gets pulled between these two worlds because she finds out that Vore is into infant trafficking of humans for sex, which is, by the way, very disgusting that you have to realize that that's part of the subplot here. Yeah. um, Infant pornography. Um, you don't see anything, just Thankfully. you know, you don't. Um, but it's implied, right? Um, and yeah, Tina's tra- sorry, go ahead. I was like, yeah, because she's because it gets more into that plot because uh, when she finds that guy that has all those pictures on his phone, like the uh, police get involved, obviously, and they start talking to her about how did you know? And she's like, I just kind of sense these things, and they're like, all right, well, uh, we've looked into these pictures, and that kind of leads to this area, and we've been we kind of need your help to help kind of like sort out the big trafficking ring that is going on here. Yeah. And so they, they're the cops are using her and trying to help them to investigate in there. That's how she ends up finding out because Vore is the one that's been, because you find out a lot of interesting things. So like you were saying about uh, Tina, not having a vagina, it's more like she has a vagina, but not your typical vagina. Cause yeah. she, when she gets aroused, a penis grows through her vagina. Yes. And then you find out Vore, who looks male, has an actual vagina and yes. like gives birth to these changelings, like yes. randomly. Yes. And I believe from what I gathered, he was giving birth, it was giving birth to these, because I'm not sure what you would call it since it's a troll, um, but it would give birth to these changelings and would kidnap other people's human babies to put in these trafficking rings. And then it, I'm guessing would replace them with this changeling baby. Yeah, it kind of reminds, and as we're talking about it, it reminds me very much of the one that we watched about Ireland um, with the changeling. Um, yes. Right. So it is, I would say it's horror-ish. Like, yeah, I get what you're saying, Scott. Like people could argue either way, but I think it's horror enough because you got the changeling and the troll and, you know, human trafficking of babies is pretty fucking horrific. So, you know, I think it's it's horror enough. Um, but yeah, that's exactly what's happening. And you explain the whole vagina penis thing better than I did because it's not, it's like a vagina, but it's not like what our knowledge would be. And their sex is very different than what human sex would be, heterosexual human sex would be, of course. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was, and you know, I read some reviews and some people were like weirded out by that um i don't think that sex scene was that weird like i don't think it was graphic or weird at all i thought it was like oh this is an interesting concept yeah i would say like i wasn't i mean i think the only thing i was weirded out by was just like the animalistic growling that they did i'm like "Mm, that's kind of weird but like it wasn't like oh god this is it's making me feel uncomfortable no it's just more like well this is uh something i didn't expect right and i thought it's an interesting concept that trolls would be you know anatomically different and their interactions. That is a great way to put it. Anatomically right? different. Yes. Right. And that their interactions are more animalistic. But, and the interesting thing about 
Tina is that she's caught between the human world and the troll world. So she does do a lot of human things and she's almost feel, it almost seems like Vore doesn't have a sense of consciousness or guilt yeah. because we, there's neighbors that have a baby that Tina's friends with and they're very kind to her and she's very kind to them. And that baby gets taken and there, and Bore does it. And he met that baby. He went over there and saw those people, met that baby and didn't think twice about having the baby killed or removed. So I feel like Tina actually has a level of what is right or wrong. And that's why she, you know, betrays Vorhe and sets him up to get caught. Even though he doesn't get caught, he escapes because he's a fucking troll. And he can, like, literally, he's a troll. And I'm not like, he's a fucking troll. Like, no, he's a troll. And he can, like, get away with shit. <laughs> he's just able to escape. It's It's a really cool movie. It's a really, really fucking cool movie. I, yeah. I really enjoyed the relationship piece of this. I enjoyed watching Tina struggle between being raised as a human, knowing she was different, but knowing she doesn't fit with the troll lifestyle. Yeah. I was thinking, right? like, because it seemed like the troll lifestyle was more like uh, humans are bad. Yeah. And, and she realizes that there are good humans out there. Well, and she's been raised by good humans, right? She's yeah. been raised and she's had these interactions and she's, you know, treated with respect by her coworkers and she's has these neighbors that are friends of hers. And eventually she ends up getting a baby. Eventually, um, a baby is sent to her from I assume Vor Vore. Yeah, that's kind of what I figured. Right. And she raises this little troll baby as her own. And it's it's a really, it's a really well done film. Like these, like Thelma and Borderman, like honestly, really both made me enjoy the relationships that were in this film and empathize for the main characters and yeah. the struggle that they were having internally. Like both Thelma and Tina both struggle with in different internal things. For Thelma, it's her seizures and her ability to make people disappear and for tina it's a struggle between the troll world and the human world and not sure exactly where she belongs and yeah. you know she does stand up to her she kicks out that roommate that's a piece of shit boyfriend or whatever the fuck he's supposed to be um and she really starts to stand up for herself and but yet she has a ethical code that she basically puts an end to a baby trafficking ring, which I don't think you can get any more fucked up than baby sexual human trafficking. Yeah, it's so, so you know, a, a fucking trigger warning here, guys. Like it's it's talked it's about a lot. So, you know, Scott and I didn't know that going into this film. I know neither one of us did because we went into this as a blind watch. Um, so just as a warning to other people. But yeah, both of these films strongly recommend, and I enjoyed the troll folklore in the border. Yeah, I found this to be like just very interesting once again a almost uh coming to terms with your identity yeah in both films actually yeah 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 and i found it to very be done in a like very well respected way i agree with you yeah these are high recommends excellently well acted good makeup use good good films good films just both of them are burns so be prepared to go in and that you got to invest in the characters i found border did move quicker there was more going on mm -hmm. um but it is it is a watch so um the final film we're going to talk about was actually a second watch for scotty and i we saw this film last year we watched it actually together um virtually because we couldn't get together last year in february of 2021 but i'll let scott bring it in and then we'll talk about it all right so where the other movies had you know you felt sympathy for characters and like what they were going through and their identities and all that stuff uh, that is not this movie so this yeah. movie is called red dot 
which was released February 11th, 2021. And it, I believe it is still on Netflix uh, everywhere. Uh, but on a trip to rekindle their marriage, a young couple find themselves fleeing for their lives in the unforgiving wilderness as an unknown shooter hunts them down. Um, so yeah, y'all may remember us talking about this film, like in our, what we watched segment last year, like that we, it starts off kind of like your typical survival horror film where, you know, like trapped out in the wilderness being like hunted down and trying to just survive. And we're like, okay, this is kind of blah, nothing really great. And then mm-hmm. there was a twist that happened and we're going, oh shit. Okay. This movie just got re caught my attention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did it hold up on the second watch is a good question to ask. <laughs> it holds up. You just fucking hate the two main characters because you know what pieces of shit they are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you're like, man, I wish this would have happened to them earlier. Yeah, it's interesting. I think this is a film where you do watch it the first time and you have a lot of empathy for the character because, yes. you know, there's a scene where it's a, a Black woman and a white man and they are at a gas station filling up and they have this really awkward conversation with hunters and the guy hits their car which is now when you've seen this movie before you're like yeah this guy's just a piece of shit the white guy right right? and he pulls off without doing like without telling them that he scratches the car or whatever and then they write something racial on the car on their car when they catch up to the couple and she freaks out and like what does she do oh she scratches their car yeah she keys the shit out of their car like while they're right in front of her like it's anyway and so they're when you when you watch it the second time and you know the twist to this story you know throughout the entire thing what pieces of shit they are and what cowards they are right and even though i know scott was a little more empathetic towards the female than i was which i think is a good sign with scotty he's a much more patient understanding person i both thought they were pieces of shit so let me explain why they were pieces of shit so he at the beginning of the film they saw a graduation ceremony of the guy his girlfriend's there, you know, they're celebrating his graduation of engineering. He proposes to her, they get engaged. They're driving home and she offers to give him a BJ while they're driving or is working towards giving him a BJ. She then does his pants and stuff like that. Well, I guess they hit some kid because he's distracted. He stops, she gets out, she looks, sees that the kid is dead and they fucking take off. Oh, that's right. They fucking take off. And you see the dialogue between the two of them and him being like, we're just going to drive for a little bit. I just need to think about it. And she's like, what are you doing? He's like, I just need to think about it. I just, and they never come clean that they hit this kid. They continue to go on living their lives. And you see that it's like tearing them apart as a couple because of it. It's a Like, I mean, you can see like a lot of like, you know, the issues there like formed because of what happened. Whether, you know, it doesn't make it right, obviously. It makes these people still pieces of shit, but you do see that it's affected them to an extent. Yeah, I think you're I think you're right. But I think what I saw a lot of, because what happens, the reason why you see it is because the father of the kid that is killed, the kid was chasing a drone. So the father has on video the people's car license plate number. So what the father does is he moves in across the street to where the same where these people live. And stages a meeting with them and be, builds this friendship with them and spies on them. So he sees them going out to restaurants. He sees them fighting in their apartment. He sees them being happy, being sad, all the different emotions that it goes through. And eventually she gets pregnant, confides in him because he's a friend that she's pregnant. 
And then he goes up to the guy who hasn't planned anything for their anniversary or whatever it is and gives him this like weekend away at this resort. So everyone at this resort, all the people they interact with is in on what they're going to do to these two, which is basically hunt them and scare them and torture them. Like they have been tortured for the past year of missing their son. So it's a very good film. But I found the second time watching it, I was like, you fucking pieces of shit. I'm glad you're getting tortured. Like there's a part where their dog gets shot and I don't like pet horror in any movie, but part of me is like, yeah, good. Now you know some pain because the guy, the girl is bad. She's still a piece of shit. She should have come clean many a time. She should have called the cops. Mm -hmm. She should have done something. She never did. And she went on happy at times like nothing had ever happened. He is an asshole. And when he scratches at other people's car, you realize he's just a non-accountable piece of shit. Yep. And when it gets to the final scene when they're in, the, we're in the farmhouse and the father finally confronts them and they realize that this guy faked to be their friend, it's very emotional and powerful. It is. Right? And I will leave out the ending because in case people do watch this, it is a 2021. It is on Netflix. Um, but it's a really, really like kind of serves you right. They get what's fucking coming to them. It's shocking the first time you see it, the second time you see it, you're like, yeah, fucking fuck these fuckers up. <laughs> like that's oh, what absolutely. I found. I was just like, <laughs> they deserve what they get. Um, but it's a good little survival film. It's a good little thriller. It does have some good twists and turns to it. The acting is good because I hated the couple. So yeah, you know, they did exactly what they were supposed to do, which was have me hate them. Yeah, because like uh yeah, when and when I say like you know I feel a little sympathy for the woman, and it's it's basically saying choosing uh, picking sides of the lesser of two evils because sure. they're still both pieces of shit for what they've done. Just the the husband is the biggest piece of shit because of what mm-hmm. he did, like and what he continues to do, mm-hmm. and he just doesn't see, like he acts like he has sympathy, but he is such a fucking coward, and he does not come clean to what he did because. You don't want to ruin his little life. No. I like, know. Yeah. But it's like, no, fuck you. You got to take responsibility. You killed a fucking child on the road and just drove off. I could understand if it was you hit someone and before you guys even got out of the car and realized what happened, you kept driving because of shock. Okay. Because mm-hmm. that does happen. Mm-hmm. I've, mm-hmm. I know, like, I know stories of that. But the way that they like stopped and she got out of the car and she's like, you know, this is what happened. And he's like, oh, we're going to keep driving. It's like, no. Oh, yeah fucking anger to the max with that guy like and yeah like i say i still don't like her either because yeah like you said she could have come clean at any fucking time so anytime she could have come clean at any point but she chose not to yep so they both get what's coming to them and that ending like i love that how that ends like it is just like oh that's dark but it is so deserving it is super disturbing and like it's it's a great it's not it's, it has nothing really to do with Swedish culture this could have been a North American film yeah. like it could have been a, a United States I mean movie. hell they acted like North Americans they did like it was it was like honestly it was no different but I you know I mean for a free watch on Netflix it was it was good enough um but I do think the other three are better yes personally um but yeah anything we want to add or should we jump into our out of the dark no i say i think this was just a fun little episode there like wasn't no ongoing theme with like the swedish films that i could tell this time around like 
it kind of reminded me of uh, the variety that American films have. Yeah, absolutely. I I thought this was a lot of fun. I think uh, I think Withered was a really good film. Like, I think that's a good gore fest. I think like none of them were shitty films, but I think some of them were more fun than others, and some of them, you know, were more deeply acted than others or more horror than others. Overall, really fun little selection um, yeah. of films. So our out of the dark um, that we're going to talk about is what in horror movies can we not stand or what horror movie annoys us so I know we talked about tropes before um so I guess this is kind of similar but Scott is there anything that really like what is the most annoying horror movie when you think of a horror movie that's been made that really has bothered you all right so there's one in particular that stood out when you brought this uh idea up and oh it is Human Centipede Part 3. Really? Yes. Because uh, the human, human Centipede films are fucked up. Um, the first one's, you know, not very violent, but gives, like, basically plays on, like, your imagination and the way you can picture in your own head and fucks you up that way. Part 2, the director's like, oh, you didn't think the first one was showing enough? All right, well, fuck you then. I'm going to show you everything in a much more disturbed fashion, and it's going to be extremely uncomfortable. The third one, he just wanted to go... I think he called it, because I think he's a Dutch director, but he called it, I'm going American and going extra large. And, <laughs> and so he wanted to do a 500 person human centipede in it based in a prison. While he has returning character, uh, returning actors, Dieter Laser, and I forget the guy's name from part two, but Dieter Laser is the fucked up doctor from the first movie. And oh my fucking God, I could not finish this movie. I turned it off halfway through because it just annoyed the You piss. just couldn't do it. No, and the reason is not because of like what the movie was showing. It was because of Dieter Laser's acting because this guy was about pretty much at 150 all times. He was, every yeah. line was yelled. It was nonstop yeah. yelling and it was so grating to my fucking ears that I was just yeah. like, I can't do this. Like if I put it on silent, okay, maybe I could do it and just watch subtitles. But like having that volume on and his screaming and just like yelling the whole fucking, every line was literally screamed. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it got to the point where I was just like, I can't do this. And I turned it off. I've never finished it to this day because it just, that annoyed the shit out of me so bad that I, I just couldn't do it. I understand. I watched two movies recently um, that are super annoying, but the one that I actually find the most annoying is Palm Night 3, The Last Kiss. <laughs> I find this movie just a pile of fucking trash. You know, and here's the thing about this movie. There are highlights in it. The chick that plays Mary Lou, beautiful woman, um, the, play, the guy that plays her, you know, Craig or whatever, not a bad looking dude, um and some funny little jokes that she has but it is like somebody sliced together all different scenes and put them in a movie nothing drives me more bonkers with a horror movie than it when it can't decide what it wants to be is it a dark comedy is it supposed to be sci-fi are you trying to do a nightmare on elm street theme what the fuck are you trying to do like there is a scene in prom night last kiss where he's playing the saxophone in bed can someone please tell me why the fuck this guy is playing the saxophone in bed and what that has to do with anything of this fucking movie's plot. The saxophones are sexy. Right? And he like fucks on the American flag and she's giving out ice cream at one point in like 
the science lab before she kills the science teacher. And it's just such a, like at the beginning, she changes over into like, she's a zombie. Like the prom night, prom night two ends on a fucking bang. Michael Ironside is possessed by Mary Lou. He says, let's ride kids and drives off in the car. Yeah. Fucking awesome ending. Nightmare on Elm Street inspired, but fucking awesome ending. Then we get prom night three, which is the biggest piece of trash to come after it. That really fucking annoys me. You had something that could have been really good and you put together this paint by numbers cut into different, like, you know what I'm talking about? Like when a movie's made, Scott, and like, it's literally like they cut and paste scenes that had no development to the story. Yep. Right? And that drives me absolutely crazy. The second thing that drives me crazy is movies like I Blame Society that came out last year. I cannot stand when the horror character, and this is just a, something that I don't enjoy, is like, I'm going to be evil and I'm going to do evil things and record myself doing it the entire time, but be likable. I find that a, something I just don't enjoy. The character irritates me. I don't like the outcome. And I felt the same way watching the Tragedy Girls. Now, the Tragedy Girls is a great film. I'll never take away from that, but I hate the oh my god we're chicks that are bad but we're pretending to be good and we're actually the killers and we're gonna kill everybody at the end it's just not my thing yeah it's just not um and it's not to say that it can't be other people's things obviously there's stuff that i like in horror movies that other people aren't gonna enjoy i like heavy political messages not a lot of people like that in horror films and that's absolutely fine you know absolutely people are able to have different opinions but that for me is my fucking bugaboo um, I don't know how you feel about any of the movies I talked about or if you're the same or... Yeah, I, I definitely like, I think I like Tragedy Girls more, but I, I understand, like, the yeah. characters there. And, uh, but yeah, Prom Night 3, oh God, that movie was just dumb. And it was basically like someone, like, read a brief synopsis that was written poorly about Prom Night 2 and said, yeah. okay, I got an idea of what movie now. I'm going to make a sequel to this and not knowing anything about it. And I'm going to do it in a very half-assed way. Yeah, right. like yeah. I and the and the kind of like where you put together scenes in a film or where a film ends suddenly. So in Prom Night, the remake, it ends like they're like, oh no, the guy shot, it's done. Yeah, the end. And even the first Prime Night does that. Like yeah. Jamie Curtis is holding her brother and it just ends. And I find when movies do that, it's so just like, oh, and it's over. I feel like either they forgot to write the rest of the film or they didn't have enough money to finish the film and it always throws me off like it just it drives me crazy when a film does that no, and see i don't mind that like where it like ends abruptly because uh certain films do it and it's great because but yeah certain films do it and it's not so great like the original prom night i like how it ends like that you do okay yeah but like uh because i think what i think what they're doing is making it so it's like all right we'll cut it here now there is uh you know no way to lead into a sequel but then mm. of course it was popular enough that someone came up with a sequel and just turned it into nightmare on elm street on in part two <laughs> but yeah yeah that is downside is like when movies end abruptly like that and then people come back to try to make a sequel out of it that gives them the ability to do whatever they please and it usually does not go the right path um but there is one more uh thing like this isn't like a dig at specifically a movie but you're we like one horror movies can we not stand one thing I just thought of that I cannot stand is the fast-paced epileptic seizure type editing cuts. Mm. Like uh like what you see in Saw and what Saw inspired after that, where it's just like cut, 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 like into these weird like images. It, I do not like that weird 
erratic style editing it like annoys the mm-hmm. piss out of me saw new movies annoy the piss out of me yeah. actually um i find saw one of the most annoying franchises ever i i think the first one was brilliant um I, I thought that that was a really smart concept that they did. I thought the second one was okay. But when this starts to get to like the third and the fourth and like whether John's dead or not and who his wife is and how she's involved and Amanda his por- is his protege, but then he has a second protege. And a third protege. Yeah, he's still in contact with Lauren Gordon or Gordon Lawrence, whatever it is, from the first one. Like, I, to me, it just gets fucking ridiculous at that point. Yeah. Like, I think Saw is a movie that should have just been the first one. Agreed. I, I really do. I find, and, and yet again, if you like Saw and you enjoy those films, this is not a cut on you. You do you, enjoy your shit. Scott and I like stuff that you may not like. It's absolutely fine. We're talking about personal preferences here. I just find, and then the preachiness of the stuff he's upset about. Like, I find the whole concept of the movie annoying. The whole concept of him killing people because they're not grateful for their lives in the first place, I find absolutely ridiculous. Always have, always will. The concept to me is crazy and dumb and overplayed. And then you get ripoffs like Blood in the Water that came out recently and it just i don't know i just i can't i'm if i'm real honest a saw movies annoy me i i no, feel I like it. they're just preachy and fucking over the top i don't yeah. i don't like them yeah like i said like or like you said the first one i liked it and i liked that concept like for that first movie mm. but when they drag it out but like uh yeah that first movie where he gets the preachiness and goes you know there's a reason why you're here blah 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 and i'm gonna play a game with you i, I was like okay this guy's just really fucked up yeah. okay should have ended there should have should've continued ended. and like and then just gets so and the problem with these movies and and every franchise does this it gets extended and the hellraiser franchise does this too if you had stuck to hellraiser one and two it would have kept it to a pretty serious set of movies yeah. but as franchises continue they get sillier they get sillier and they get sillier so, like, if you look at the end of the Jason franchise, we have him going to fucking space, for God's sakes. Like, right. it gets really fucking ridiculous by that one. If we look at the Chucky ones, like, I feel like Chucky's done a swing back now mm-hmm. and become more serious. But, like, the first one was really creepy. It was a fucking doll that came to life, and it was, like, playing on the whole Skipper thing. And then you get to a point where he's knocking up another doll, and they're having a baby, and, like, there's all this other shit happening. Like you have the J- the Halloween one where there's a fucking cult in Halloween six and you know there's all this other nonsense. Like it starts to get more and more complicated to keep the series interesting. Yeah. And I find that's where you always tend to what is it? What do they say? Jump the shark. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think Hellraiser to me is the best example of those two movies are fucking excellent. Yeah. Like maybe you're not a huge fan of sec of two, but you gotta admit that that is a great fucking sequel. Like, oh, absolutely. It plays into the first one so well. It's creepy. It's well done. By the time you get to like, what is it? Hellraiser. I don't know. What's the one of the most recent ones? Where like Doug Badley didn't even play in one of them. They had some other oh, guy play. Hellraiser. Uh, the last two were Hellraiser Revelations and then Hellraiser Judgment Day, I believe, or just Judgment. But yeah, both of those were played by someone that was not Doug Bradley. Which is fine. You can have a new character, but then you're getting the most like comical one-liners. Like they always seem to lean into comedy. Freddy did it too. Yeah. By the time you get to Freddy's Dead, it's basically a Looney Tune cartoon. Hence why I like Jason, because Jason doesn't speak. So there was the, the comedy ended up just being the victims. Well, the in space was a huge comedy. Well, yeah, I was gonna say, I mean, but Jason wasn't the yeah. wisecracker. That's the part no. I was like, but like no. no, like, but I yeah, you know I hate Jason X, so 
like it just gets and here's the thing like and i'm not saying that you can't have a guilty pleasure for these movies like no one is shitting on these films like scott and i have watched all these films we enjoy them for what they are but if we're real honest like it's a shame that they take these franchises that are start off being very serious and turn them into like a fucking gong show yeah (laughs) get like eight or nine they just get so fucking silly like I can't think of, and and occasionally they make a change with the remake. Child's Play to me is a prime example and I'm going to say it, the Friday the 13th remake as well were two very different remakes, very very good remakes. I yeah. think the Child's Play one was exceptional. I thought it was a way to modernize Chucky. I thought Mike Mark Hamlin did a great job right. as a voice. Yeah, Mark Hamill, oh yeah. Hamill did a great job as a voice of Chucky. I thought the kid was good in it. Like, it was a very good modern adaptation of that story. And it almost, it made Chucky scary again. Because when I was watching a TV series with you, Chucky's scary in that fucking TV series. Yeah. Like, he's not, why, like, he's funny. He makes jokes, but it's not to the same of, like, how silly it gets when he's having fucking babies and shit with Tiffany as a doll. Right, like, he's he's got, like, the sadistic one-liners. Yes, it's a it's almost bringing it back to the scariness of what it was Wes Craven did the same thing with a new nightmare he made Freddy scary again instead of like a comical joke right uh the one thing I will say about uh the child's play to Chucky franchise is like that is one thing I will give credit for is it is one of those franchises where like yeah we may have fucked up with like Bride of Chucky and Seed of Chucky but unlike all these other franchises that are going we're going to make a sequel that like completely forgets those movies ever existed. No, they, Don Mancini just goes, nope, those movies existed. That's still part of this world. We will bring it in, but it's not going to be as dumb and ridiculous as it was before. Like, yeah, it's not, I, it's, yeah, I, I like that. They're kind of like, just like, no, we're not forgetting those movies existed. They happened. We're going to yeah. continue with it. And like, we'll just work around it. And I think that's also treating horror fans. Like they're not dumb. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's a, a really valid point that you're making, Scott, is that it's, it's telling people that they're not dumb. Um, one of the things that also, and this is my own personal thing, is people thinking all art house movies are good. <laughs> not all. Art Some of them are movies, a chore. You know, and like, I'm sorry, but director cut of Midsummer to Midsummer is a long movie to watch. It is not to say that Midsummer is not a good film. It is a very, very good film. It is well made. It is well acted. That film is fucking long. Yeah, I'll say it's long three hours. Fucking film. <laughs> three hours long, but like I, I guess it just depends on the person. Because to me, it didn't feel like three hours when I watched the director's cut. Like, and I liked the little bit that was added to it. Because most director's yeah. cuts feel pointless with what they added. With this one, it felt like there was like what was brought back into the movie like still worked. And, and here's the thing, as we've always talked about, Scott, and what we talk about in this podcast a lot, is personal perspective. Mm-hmm. I am not going to tell you that your opinion is wrong. Hey, I'm not insecure and a dick, but All also right. that's what your opinion is. I found it long and exhausting. You yeah. didn't. That's okay. Yeah. Right? Like, it's it's completely okay. And I just, like, I don't like um, one movie that was a slow burn that I did not enjoy was Black Coat's Daughter. I did not enjoy that movie at all. I found that a fucking chore to watch. I found oh, wow. it boring. I did not like it at all. But I know how much you appreciate that film, mm-hmm. right? So for me, and when we talk about what a, nor- a horror, mo- horror movies annoy us, 
it's again a personal preference right you know i love us by jordan peele there's people that probably are like shut the fuck up jordan peele you know us is boring it's stupid the voice sounds dumb you know how did all these people live in this underground world that nobody knows about blah 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 blah. and that's okay like that's okay that can totally be your opinion like it is 100 percent okay if that's the way you feel about us not every movie is going to connect with every single horror fan and what annoys one person can be another person's joy. Exactly. Right. And I feel like that is just, that's where this out of the dark topic comes from is we're having just conversations on what is your experience with a film? What is my experience with a film? And what are other people's experiences of films that don't match together? Except for Prom Night 3, Last Kiss. We can all agree. Yeah. Well, God. There are certain films where, yes, you can totally, everyone can agree that it's a big piece of shit. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. Right? And then there's other films where it's going to be up to perspective. Where it's going to be up to, you know, but I find myself when something's a very, very long story, like Thelma, I probably wouldn't watch again. Because it was a long, drawn out story for me doesn't mean it's bad just means it's probably something that i would not watch again right nope i completely agree like it was a good one-time watch right um anything you wanted to add for what we can't stand or what annoys us uh no i think we pretty much covered it i was like because uh yeah there was only a few things i wanted to really bring up that yeah personally annoyed me and i did so awesome well and you annoy me too so and you annoy me that's fine we're just kidding you not watching more like 2022 movies that annoys me yeah and i'm gonna continue that just Mm -hmm. poke 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 right to just continue so i'm doing the heavy work exactly. um so that ends our our episode for today thank you so much for joining us and for being here um we are proud members of the legion podcast network uh you can download legion on any of the sharing services that you have and actually amber won a streaming code my friend Amber won a streaming code from oh, nice. Legion Podcast Network. So if you are a Patreon for Legion Podcast Network, you also can win streaming codes. So if you are not a member of Legion Patreon, hmm. <laughs> there's something I'm supposed to say right here. What are you waiting for? <laughs> what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? <laughs> please join legion patreon today it's only about three dollars a month and you get access to tons of different shows i don't know maybe one day scotty and i will do a top five again if i can ever get his ass in gear um i will say that when as we finish off our horror of the worlds because we probably have like i don't know maybe six more episodes that we'll do of this kind of theme uh, maybe less we will be switching our short our show format up a bit more just to keep it a little shorter so we may have time to do top fives here and there yeah um, because we should go back to contributing something to patreon um so but yeah as always thanks so much for supporting us i'm not sure which country we want to do next did you have a country in mind scotty i am thinking uh norwegian horror norwegian okay i have already uh found quite a few good movies like or ones that I've heard that are good that we could do. Awesome. Well, I'm excited for that. So we'll be moving into some Norwegian horror and also continuing to hand me out those 2022s like a boss. And, you know, if you haven't had a chance to check out previews or you do watch previews, watch Don't Worry Darling 
Um, first, I think, don't you worry, darling. Is that how it is? Let me I, see here. I've never even heard of this one until you brought it up. It's coming out with Florence Pugh. Don't worry. Don't worry, darling. Um, it's going to be released later on this summer, and it's a psychological thriller slash horror. Release date is September 23rd in, in 2022. It's directed by Olivia Wilde. Hmm. It stars Florence Pugh. Uh, Harry Styles, Olivia Wilde, Gemma Chan, um, Kiki Laney, Nick Kroll, Chris Pine. We're nice. talking about a set fucking cast. There's also one about a lion that's called Beast that's going to be coming out this summer as well. Um, let me just pull up that one here. It's about a killer lion in, I think they're in, it just says South Africa. They travel to a game reserve. This will be released August 19th. It looks like a pretty fun little uh, creature feature. So I think that nice. will be something to watch out for as well, too. And of course, we also have uh, Nope coming out with Jordan Peele as well. We have Halloween Ends mm-hmm. this year as well. So I think we have some good sleeper hits still to come that people will be able to enjoy and some good 2022s that we can talk about as we work towards our end of year list. Oh, absolutely. Right. So I guess if that's it, then what do we have to say to the good people, Scotty? All right. Well, once again, thank you all for listening and joining us on this journey. It is always fun kind of talking about this stuff and going through all the movies that we do. Uh, So until next time, kitties, unpleasant dreams. See ya.